0: Good morning, Orlando. Tuesday morning, right off the top on a brisk Tuesday morning at 6 o'clock, we bring you the very latest on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the colonial closure continues, unfortunately, and Trump touts tax cuts and a tax day op ed. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: A stormy, quite literally, day in court for Trump's lawyer. My take and yours on where all of this may be headed. First up on Good Morning Orlando.
1: And good Tuesday morning at six oh one on News Radio 1025. And unfortunately, so far this morning that major downtown Orlando Road remains closed. Colonial Drive has been shut down at Garland Avenue near I-4 since Friday night. The Florida Department of Transportation says crews are installing a temporary support beam After cracks were discovered in that new I-4 bridge over Colonial, eastbound Colonial traffic is being detoured south to eastbound Livingston Street and westbound traffic is being detoured south to westbound Robinson Street. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank.
0: Deb, the goal was to have this open by rush hour this morning. Do we have any indication when they will open Colonial and I-4?
1: No, no idea.
0: We'll keep you up to date throughout the show.
1: Yeah, definitely allow yourself lots of extra time through the area yesterday. It was just a traffic nightmare from morning to night.
0: Yep. And and destined to be, I guess, this morning then, if they it doesn't look like they're close to getting this thing
1: open. No, it doesn't. Not 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 so far this morning, but as soon as it opens, like you said, Bud, we'll be sure to let you know. You bet. President Trump is touting his administration's tax cuts in a tax day op-ed. In the column in today's edition of USA Today, Trump writes that paychecks are climbing, tax rates are going down, and businesses are investing. Trump also writes this is the last year Americans will fill out what he calls outdated, complicated tax forms. According to the president, starting next year, many Americans will file their income tax returns on a simple, single sheet of paper. The deadline for filing this year's tax returns is midnight. A federal judge won't block access to material seized from the office of President Trump's lawyer. The judge yesterday ruled it was, quote, premature to grant the order to prevent access to copies of materials seized by the FBI after raids at Michael Cohen's home, office and hotel room. Cohen argues the materials fall under attorney-client privilege. Adult film star Stormy Daniels and her attorney, Michael Avenatti, attended yesterday's hearing. After the ruling, Daniels said that Cohen has acted like he's above the law. She says Cohen paid her $130,000 to maintain her silence about an affair with Trump. Meanwhile, Fox News host Sean Hannity says a growing controversy over his relationship with President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, is being blown out of proportion. On a syndicated radio show yesterday, Hannity says he's never retained Cohen. Hannity was listed as one of Cohen's three clients during a New York court hearing. Hannity said he's been friends with Cohen and sometimes seeks legal advice. Hannity is one of President Trump's most aggressive defenders, and he publicly slammed the recent raid of Cohen's office home and hotel room. Federal agents gathered records, including those related to hush money that was paid to adult film star Stormy Daniels.
0: As a journalist for a lot of years, I've got a huge problem with one aspect of this with Sean Hannity that not enough people are bringing up. I will raise that in a moment. We'll hear from him and Stormy Daniels in our first segment of Talk Radio this morning here on WFLA.
1: Well, in other news, South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster says he's not surprised violence erupted inside a prison in his state. Seven inmates died after fights broke out inside Lee County Correctional Institute before guards regained control early yesterday morning. McMaster told reporters this situation was unfortunate, but added people have to remember prisons house dangerous people. State prison's chief Brian Sterling said inmate access to illegal cell phones was the main cause behind the riots. And Sterling warned that until the FCC helps prison authorities jam cell signals, riots like these will only continue. And finally, actor Harry Anderson is dead at age 65. Anderson was found dead in his home in Asheville, North Carolina, yesterday morning. A cause of death hasn't been revealed, but police don't suspect any foul play. Anderson was best known for playing Judge Harry T. Stone in the 80s sitcom Night Court. His role earned him three Emmy nominations. Anderson also appeared in Dave's World and the Stephen King It miniseries and had a reoccurring role on Cheers. WFLA Newstime at 6.06. Read about Dick's Sporting Goods will destroy unsold assault-style rifles at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: Weather and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And alongside the Deb Meister, the Bud Man, with you on the 50,000-watt front porch as we come your way for the front gate Realty Studio. Visit buyers.com In the control room, Yaffe producing. And uh, Steph is screening. And when you want to reach out to us on a host of local and national hot topics we're serving up this morning... 407 916 5400 would be your number. Text line never busy, always open for you at 23680. But know that standard message and data rates apply there. We are getting into the stormy, quote unquote, day in court for Trump's lawyer yesterday, the whole Hannity thing as well. Um, stay tuned on that. And right now, for your shot at winning your share of 880000 bucks. In our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. A lot of money up for grabs here, and some of it could be yours. Listen for our new keyword of the hour coming right up. Then you text that word to 200 200, and hey, you could be our next $1,000 winner. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic coming your way as well. That's only in two minutes, so buckle up. It's going to be a wild three hour ride here on News Radio 1025, WFLA. So let me tell you what went on yesterday. In the New York City courtroom, where there was a hearing focused on Trump's longtime lawyer, Michael Cohen. Cohen was in court to ask the judge to limit the ability of federal prosecutors to review documents that were seized from his offices and home last week as part of a criminal investigation. You remember the FBI raid there. To me, it was, I mean, it was... It was way over the line, what they did and the way they did it. It all stems in part from that probe into possible collusion between Trump's presidential campaign and Russia. Of course, nobody's found anything of substance in that regard. Judge Kimba Wood yesterday spent more than two and a half hours listening to arguments by Cohen's lawyers, prosecutors for the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan, and a lawyer representing Trump in the hearing. And um, she'll rule later on this. The judge ordered prosecutors to give... Attorney Michael Cohen's lawyers a copy of the seized materials before the next hearing. Now, Cohen has argued that some of the documents and the data seized from him under a warrant are protected by attorney client privilege or otherwise unconnected to the investigation. But Judge Woods said she would still need the names of those other clients and rejected Cohen's efforts to mask the identity of, yes, Fox News host Sean Hannity. Turns out to be one of Cohen's current three clients. The big one, of course, for years, President Trump. Interesting there. Now, Cohen asked the court to give his own lawyers the first look at the seized materials so they can identify documents that are protected by attorney-client privilege. I think that is totally appropriate on the part of Cohen. Failing that, they want the court to appoint an independent official known as a special master, a role typically filled by a lawyer, to go through the records and decide what prosecutors can see. And finally, after the hearing, Cohen left without comment. But there were gasps in the courtroom when the name of Sean Hannity came up. I'll tell you the problem I have with the way Hannity has handled this. Right after we listened to Sean Hannity... From last night on his um, television show on Fox at 9 o'clock, here's what he had to say about the surprising courtroom revelation
2: that he's a client of attorney Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen never represented me in any legal matter. I never retained his services. I never received an invoice. I never paid Michael Cohen for legal fees. I did have occasional brief conversations with Michael Cohn, he's a great attorney, about legal questions I had or I was looking for input and perspective. My discussions with Michael Cohn never rose to any level that I needed to tell anyone uh, that I was asking him questions. And to be absolutely clear, they never involved any matter, any, sorry to disappoint so many, matter between me or third party, a third group at all. And are my questions exclusively almost focused on real estate? I said many times on my radio show, I hate the stock market. I prefer real estate. Michael knows real estate. So, in response to all the wild speculation, I want to set the record sh- straight here tonight. I never asked Michael Cohn to bring this proceeding on my behalf. I have no personal interest in this legal matter. That's all there is, nothing more. Sean Hannity, here's the problem.
0: This is Journalism 101. You give full disclosure if you have any connection whatsoever to a person or some kind of an entity that you are commenting on, especially if you are providing your own opinion, as Sean Hannity has paid millions to do. That's what you do. You've heard me say it many, many times on this show. I want you to know that I think so-and-so or this company or that company just did an absolutely great job on something that, you know, serving us or doing whatever else or, or whatever. But I will say to you, I have absolutely no connection with or financial interest in. By full disclosure, I have said that repeatedly. Those are the basics. As soon as this Michael Cohen thing came up, what Sean Hannity needed to do was to say, I do have a legal relationship with, with Michael Cohen. It's nobody's particular business. But when he's out there touting President Trump and the abuse of Michael Cohen by Mueller and the FBI raiders in his office, he needed to disclose to us that he is not going to be expected to be fully objective on the subject. And he didn't do it. Oh, by the way, Stormy Daniels also was there yesterday to try to intimidate Michael Cohen. She's there on another matter that didn't relate to what went on yesterday. You know, the $130,000 payment Cohen made uh, to her uh, so that she would not talk about what she said was her one-night stand with Donald Trump back in 2006, which of course Trump denies. Uh, But she did get to the microphones. I'll play that for you in a moment. I don't know where all of this is going. Worst case scenario, this turns into a total nightmare for President Trump. If Michael Cohen flips against him because he thinks he's going to prison for a long period of time here, okay, and just coughs up unimaginable information that he has that normally he would not reveal to save his own skin. Uh, it ranges all the way from it being an absolute train wreck for the president and the Trump train. It really does. All the way to, full of sound and fury, signifying in the grand scheme, very little. All right? Where do you stand in all of this? And do you understand the problem I have with Sean Hannity commenting on all of this for so long, in such a passionate way, pro-Trump, pro-Trump lawyer, Michael Cohen, without ever revealing The relationship that he has had with Cohen. That is Journalism 101. And Hannity, Hannity is guilty of an egregious omission there, in my opinion. Do you agree or not? 407-916-5400. And how dangerous do you think all of this ultimately is for the president? 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. Standard message and data rates are... I'm calling out Sean Hannity, who's now been revealed in court as one of Trump's attorney Michael Cohen's three clients, okay? You just need to be in the business of full disclosure when you're in the business of doing opinion, talk, radio, and television. And that's the business he is in. Just explain all of your relevant contacts. It's nobody's business exactly. what business you might be doing with Michael Cohen, but say, I have a relationship with Michael Cohen as as an attorney. And he does. And that needs to be out there so people can decide for themselves whether the opinions are being tainted or not. You've got to put that stuff out there. It is basic to this line of work. It just is. And I think should be universally accepted. Here is Kevin in Melbourne. Good morning from the coast, Kevin. Welcome aboard.
3: Hi, bud. Hi there. I disagree. yeah, I disagree with you. Uh, I don't think it's anybody's business, and I think that Sean didn't, he didn't have him as a lawyer, so it doesn't really matter. Well, he
0: really, he did. was getting legal advice for him. You know, apparently money wasn't changing hands, but he had, I mean, he he just needs to get it out there. So he is above reproach. That's what he needed to do, and he didn't do it.
3: Well. He never specifically ever, uh, I watch his show, or I listen to his show on radio and I watch his show on TV. He never specifically uh, came to the defense of Michael Cohen. He comes to the defense of the president, yes. And uh, and I disagree with you about the president, too. I think that none of this is anything. It's not well, I, anything. I, I, wait
0: a minute. I, wait problem. a minute. Wait a minute. I told you a worst case scenario and a best case scenario, and I think it could be anywhere on that spectrum. I'm not telling you that this is going to be a disaster for the president, but I'm telling you that possibility does exist because there were too many unknowns. I don't see how. Because we don't don't know what material is in there that was seized by the government that they might be able to to, to look at and whether or not, to save his own skin, Cohen might flip on the president. That could happen, we've seen it before.
3: But why does the Stormy Daniels thing have to do with the election or have to do with Russian collusion? It has nothing to do with that. The
0: the Stormy Daniels thing is separate by Robert Mueller. Man, oh man, listen, Kevin, you weren't listening to me earlier. I said the Stormy Daniels thing, and now I'm out of time to play Stormy Daniels, but it's not that important. She was in court on a separate matter, okay? That's not where the danger lies for the president, okay? The danger lies in... What is that material that was seized in outrageous fashion, in my view, from Cohen's office? What's in there that he might eventually, to save his own skin and avoid prison time in a worst-case scenario, that he will cough up that could be could be disastrous for the president? That's the point I'm making. What's coming in on the text line on this, Yaffe?
4: Yes, but a bunch of texters not happy with you on your criticism of Hannity. Really? One person says Bud's reaction to Hannity is over the top. Hannity specifically said he's never paid Cohen to represent him in any proceeding. Bud is just creating drama over this. Another person says uh, Hannity has said in the past he was a friend of Cohen. So a that's, lot of people think you're being a little too
0: harsh the, on him. Well, that's the truth, but not the whole truth. We'll talk more about it later on. Here's the whole truth on SafeTouch. For home and business security, you cannot do better. Matchless technology, matchless prices, and I know what I'm talking about firsthand here because we've had a SafeTouch system protecting us day and night, whether we're home, whether we're away, and particularly important right now is my wife is at home, you know, in the middle of the night, recovering from a knee replacement injury. I mean, this is where you need maximum security, and we know we've got it with SafeTouch. Question, what... If you could get the best home security system installed in your home for absolutely nothing. Free, yes. That's right, a SafeTouch security system for free. All you have to pay is the low monthly monitoring fee. It can happen. You know, only SafeTouch has the incredible two-way communicator proven to provide faster emergency response by verifying alarms and reducing the possibility of false alarms. SafeTouch advances. Or not, you know, we have too many of these amendments. And whether or not the Constitution over the years has turned into a Christmas tree with the amendments being the ornaments... And there are just too many of them. And I'll entertain that all day long, and I feel that very strongly. But I think it is great that we have a provision for the people to be able to vote on really major issues and decide for themselves collectively where we go as a state. So I like the idea that that we can have amendments. We just have too many of them. But now we have a complete mess because of this grouping Approach that the Constitution Revision Commission uh, has used before and is is using again, and it does create these impossible choices. Um, Deb was talking about this. If you want to, you're going to have a chance to vote for a ban on offshore drilling, you know, which I would oppose. But in order to do it, you'll also have to vote to ban vaping in indoor workplaces. These things are completely unrelated in every way. And you may say, I feel passionately about banning offshore drilling, but I don't feel passionately about banning vaping in indoor workplaces. As a matter of fact, I don't want that. You have these impossible choices where you're going to try to get what you want, but then you're going in the process of voting that way to get that thing you want the most, going to cast a vote in favor of something you either don't care about or don't like. Voters should not be put in a position like this in a representative republic, I don't believe, at any rate. Here's another example, courtesy of the Florida Constitution Revision Commission. One of the most controversial proposed amendments approved by the panel would place eight-year term limits on school board members. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm all about term limits everywhere. It would also require K-12 through schools to teach and promote civic literacy. I love that. But if you want those things, as I do, and you vote for them, you will also vote to take away control of charter schools from local school boards. And that I oppose. It's another impossible choice for voters. There's another example, and there are countless ones extend the ban on lobbying by former legislators from two years to six years. Absolutely, I'm a slam-dunk yes vote. I'm not sure that this ought to be a constitutional amendment, but that's another debate. That proposal is grouped with provisions calling for the legislature to meet in January instead of March each year. Frankly, I could give a rip about that. And to set up a counterterrorism department in the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. How in the world does that get bundled in? Yeah, do you see what I'm talking about? The impossible choices that are foisted on voters. It should not be this way. We need to have fewer amendments, and the ones that we have to vote on with 60% approval now in the state of Florida, it's a high threshold. They need to be major issues, and they need to stand alone. Forget it. No more bundling. No more grouping. That needs to be changed, and it will not be unless we the people demand it of our lawmakers.
4: Can I tell you, Bud, this has been a pet peeve of mine for a while, these ridiculous amendments, way too many of them, and now it's getting even more egregious with how they set it up. You're you're exactly right. I'm I'm most likely going to vote no on every single one of these amendments because of this issue.
0: I vote no on most of them, absolutely right. But we need major issues as standalone amendments for the Pope. Public consideration. Yeah,
4: there should be foundational issues, but yeah. lots of these are not you, foundational do
0: issues. Do you agree with us that voters should not be forced to consider approving proposals that they have no interest in, or worse yet, to consider propositions they otherwise would oppose in order to approve completely unrelated proposals that they like? This is outrageous. This really is Florida government at its worst. Do you agree, or do you like the bundling grouping system and the amendment system the way it is. is—what do you stand on this? It's important stuff. And you're the most politically engaged audience and talk radio, so I expect to hear from you at 407-916-5400, whether we agree or not. Text line open, 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. You know, this um, Florida Constitution Revision Commission... It has just met, it reconvenes every 20 years, 37 members who are supposed to be among the brightest and the best of us in the state of Florida come up with um, constitutional amendment proposals to put on the ballot for our consideration. It takes 60% now to get approval. So most constitutional amendments, you know, that you should vote no on anyway because they probably shouldn't be there, um, don't make it. But sometimes critically important uh, changes are made in, uh, in Florida government through the amendment process, when you hit a 60% threshold, medical marijuana would be an example of that More, most recently. But the idea that they continue with this outrageous, archaic practice of bundling several things together and forcing voters who want something passionately approved to vote for that, but also vote for things they either don't care about or don't want to pass. And things that are just completely unrelated one to another. How can these people, Yaffe, who are su- you know th- these are supposed to be intelligent people, experienced people be. in matters like this, think that this is a good way to run Florida government? Who could possibly conclude that this is the way to do it?
4: I don't know. Maybe we're giving them too much credit saying they're the smartest among us because
0: sure doesn't seem like that. You know, I need to get a list of who's on this. um, Yes. yes, Steph, would you do that for me? Would you take a look? Give me a list of the 37 members of the Florida Constitution Revision Commission. I should have done that myself. On the text line, what do you got coming in on this, Yaffe?
4: Yeah, one person says this, says this is easy. Don't make them constitutional amendments. Another person says I agree with Yaffe. Vote no to all amendments to our Florida Constitution. Rather, vote on issues as a law that can be more easily be changed. And um, so there you go. A lot of people agree with you and me that this is just ridiculous. I
0: I don't vote no on all amendments, but almost all. Almost all is really the way to go. You need to keep an open mind because something very important you know, that that they would quash in the legislature for political reasons and ideological reasons that are good for the state of Florida need to be considered, and we the people need to have a voice, and that's what the amendment process is all about. But the Constitution shouldn't be a Christmas tree with 5,000 ornaments on it every time. Oh, uh, lately know. it is. Yep, it is. It is. Deborah Roberts updating uh, our news here at the top of the hour. The colonial closure continues, and it's going to be right on through the morning, we're told, at I-4. So the traffic nightmare that you lived yesterday, you will live again this morning and maybe as we speak. She'll have the very latest in a moment. And Florida Senator Bill Nelson, more on his calling for an investigation of the FAA's handling of Allegiant Air incidents. Very important story. She'll have further details beyond what I was able to give you in headlines a moment ago. Then we're going to get into this Starbucks fiasco up in Philadelphia. This is wrong and outrageous and disgraceful on so many levels and it is a big-time national story that we're going to focus on together right after the news and uh stay tuned here it's good morning orlando at 659 and good tuesday morning to you good morning orlando top of the morning to you on a brisk tuesday at seven o'clock as we update orlando's news weather and traffic Right now on News Radio 1025 WFLA, I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the colonial closure unfortunately continues, and Florida Senator Bill Nelson calls for an investigation of the FAA's handling of Allegiant Air incidents. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: Two black men in a Starbucks arrested, handcuffed, and taken away for doing nothing. How could this happen? Who is to blame? We're talking about it next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: And good Tuesday morning. It's uh, 7.03 on News Radio 1025. A major downtown Orlando road will remain closed through this morning. That word from the Florida Department of Transportation regarding Colonial Drive, which has been shut down at Garland Avenue near I-4 since the weekend. The closure is to allow crews to install a temporary support beam and a new I-4 bridge over Colonial Cracks were discovered in that bridge, which is part of the I-4 Ultimate Improvement Project. In the next few weeks, FDOT will work to design a more permanent fix to install, but Steve Olson, a Florida Department of Transportation spokesman, warns that that installation will shut down Colonial Drive at that interchange again. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank.
0: So right now it's open-ended. We don't know when they're going to have this thing shored up enough to safely reopen I-4 or a or, or colonial underneath I-4. We yeah, just don't exactly. know, do we?
1: We just don't know. All Man. we know is that today through this morning, at least through this morning commute, yeah. you can expect the same mess that you saw yesterday. Florida Senator Bill Nelson is calling for an investigation into the Federal Aviation Administration's handling of safety-related incidents involving Allegiant Air. The low-cost airline was the subject of a scathing report on Sunday by 60 Minutes, which found that Allegiant had more than 100 mechanical issues between January 2016 and October 2017. Nelson, the top Democrat on the Senate panel that oversees the airlines, says the traveling public deserves to know whether the FAA is conducting thorough safety oversight of Allegiant. He says, quote, anything less could lead to disastrous consequences, end quote. In the meantime, Allegiant Air customers at the Gerald R. Ford International Airport in Michigan, for the most part, don't seem too worried about that 60 Minutes report over the weekend exposing the carrier of Poorly maintained planes, Angie Booker flew a Legion back to Grand Rapids yesterday, and Randy Fulcama was flying out to Florida on the airline.
4: Now that it's been exposed, maybe they'll be looking into it more
3: and get a handle on it better.
1: My chances of getting in a car accident driving here are much greater than what's going to happen with the airline. There have been some issues with Allegiant flights in and out of uh, Grand Rapids with an emergency landing in 2014 for a flight headed from Ford to Florida due to a loss of cabin pressure. And two years ago, mechanical issues resulted in a flight to Florida having to turn around and delaying passengers over 15 hours. What's the deal with the flights to Florida?
0: Mm-mm. Boy, I got to tell you. And um, Allegiant, you know, is a big time player in the Sanford.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Airport. I believe it's their biggest airline yeah. at Sanford.
0: Yeah, that was a scary report as well as a scathing indictment of Allegiant on 60 Minutes Sunday.
1: The uh, story I know you're getting ready to talk about right after I'm done with the newscast this morning. But the two black men arrested at a Starbucks in Philadelphia could soon meet with the company's CEO. CEO Kevin Johnson has apologized to the two men after the video went viral showing them being arrested at the coffee shop. The two were waiting for a friend Thursday when they were asked by an employee to leave because they hadn't placed an order. Johnson expressed his "quote deepest apologies" end quote on Saturday, but has faced lots of backlash and protests. Starbucks says the meeting could happen this week.
0: Yeah, we've posted the video. More on that in a moment, and more on the problems with this story. And and uh, it, it's it's just it's just horrendous on it so really many is. levels. We'll get into it, and we'll take calls and text messages from our audience in a moment.
1: It's also heartbreaking. It is. And finally, for some good news, history. Has been made during the 2018 Boston Marathon, Olympian Desiree Linden beat the field, rain and cold to become the first U.S. woman to win in Boston in 33 years since I don't 1985. Love that. Yes, yeah. Linden is 34 years old, and apparently, before the race even began, told her friends she wasn't even sure if she'd be able to finish it. Needless to say, she didn't see uh, any likelihood of her winning it. Yuki Kawauchi became the first Japanese man to win since Toshiko Seiko in 1987, the year Kawauchi was born. Yesterday marked the five-year anniversary of the Boston Marathon bombing that killed three people and wounded more than 200 in 2013. WFLA time at 7.07. Read about police using a new device to unlock the iPhones of criminal suspects at 1025wfla.com. While you're there, check out the video posted as well of that Philadelphia Starbucks arrest, Starbucks arrest. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather, and traffic for the best audience in talk radio. This is Good Morning Orlando on News
5: Radio 1025.
0: If you're able to right now, I want to strongly recommend in advance of talking about this fiasco at the Starbucks up in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area that you go to the website and look at the videos that Yaffe has posted. It is absolutely stunning what happened to these two black men who were simply waiting for another friend at a Starbucks. And the cops arrested him, took him away in cuffs, held him for nine hours. It is indefensible. We're talking about it. It's a real disgrace, and as Deb said, heartbreaking. It's coming right up here. Good morning, Orlando, for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit com. I want you to stay tuned immediately for your shot at winning your share of $880,000 in cash and our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Just listen for our brand-new keyword of the hour coming right up. Then text that word to 200-200. You could be our next $1,000 winner, like the one we had just a couple of weeks ago up in Deltona. An update as well on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, and a word for Deb coming up right here in just a moment. A word from Deb on News Radio 1025 WFLA. In this Starbucks situation... I've been thinking back over the years about the countless times that I have gone into a Starbucks. And by the way, they're a very liberal firm, and they, among other things, market themselves as a place to just come in, chill out, hang out. That's, they market that as a positive, okay? That the number of times I've gone into a Starbucks sat down, waited for somebody that I'm going to have a meeting with, a friend, a business associate, gone into Panera, done the same thing. We don't have many Shonies in the area, but they are famous for serving as unofficial offices in other parts of the country. When we lived in Tennessee, I would use it often in that regard, And I would sometimes sit there waiting for other people to come, maybe who were going to be buying lunch, so I'm not ordering anything. I'm just sitting there occupying space, enjoying the restaurant and the ambiance. No one has ever, ever come up to me, nor have I seen anyone ever come up from management to anybody else and say, you need to buy something or you need to get out of here. That is exactly what happened to a couple of black men in this Philadelphia Starbucks late last week. It's now gone viral, 9 million plus hits online. You can go see the video for yourself if you don't buy into what happened as being racist. And a, a, a case really essentially of, 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 of racial profiling. I don't know how, what else it could possibly be. We will call out racism when we see it here. Sometimes, sometimes people trump up charges of racism, and we will call that out as well. But the, the company CEO is is admitting that, that that's exactly what this is. It was racial bias against these two black men who were doing nothing but waiting for a friend who ultimately arrived and couldn't believe that he was seeing the two friends he was coming to be with being handcuffed and taken away by police. They were held for nine hours before they were released when Starbucks made it very clear they had no interest in prosecuting. A manager had reportedly called, are you ready, 911, because these guys won't order anything. They're trespassing. Come and arrest them and take them away. The cops came, and they said we were duty-bound because we were called by management here to remove these people because management said they were trespassing. So the cops didn't even challenge it and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do we really have an arrestable offense here? So the cops are a problem as well. But this is an unbelievable situation that just reinforces all all of the thinking that blacks don't get a fair shake, whether it's from the cops or, in this case, just just from management people in general, that they're just not treated fairly. These two guys didn't resist. These guys weren't causing a disturbance. These two guys were doing what I have done countless times and I'll bet so many of you have done as well. You're just hanging out at a Starbucks, waiting for someone else and you're going to have a meeting, maybe a cup of coffee, maybe a meal, Panera, places like this that are set up and welcome people. They've got the Wi-Fi and everything else. This is a magnet for people to go there. And and, and it's outrageous that the Manager called and had these guys arrested. Now, having said that, there's since been protests at that store and, and, and calls across the country for a full boycott of the Starbucks chain. That is outrageous on the other side. That's outrageous on the other side. Black Lives Matter trumping this whole thing up. Demonstrations at the Starbucks that closed it down where this happened. Yesterday afternoon, the store was closed at 1 o'clock because of the disturbances and the protests inside. This is a case of one bad manager, okay, who has his own issues, and it needs to be dealt that way. He's now been removed from the store. The CEO of Starbucks is going to meet with the two black guys who were held for nine hours for doing nothing and try to put this behind him making no apologies for it whatsoever. As a matter of fact, apologizing or making nothing but apologies, I should say, the CEO, and, and, and regretting every moment of it. It, it. Go look at the video, 1025-WFLA.com, keyword, Budman. Yaffe's posted it there. If you haven't seen it, I think, before you're too sure that you might see it a different way than I do, take a look at this and think, how would you feel if this were you? And you know what? I've been in exactly the situation these two guys were in, and I've never, ever been approached and say, you're not going to buy anything, you need to get out of here. No. No. This, This was racism. This was really, really ugly, outrageous, and indefensible, as Starbucks, to their credit, fully acknowledges. What are your thoughts on all of this? I've tried to give you all the different aspects of it. 407-916-5400, text line 23680, where standard message and data rates apply. I don't know how you can defend what happened to these two guys. I don't know how you can call it anything other than racism. What are your thoughts? Let's talk about it, shall we? So, I, I, I don't even know what to say about the situation with the Starbucks up in the Philadelphia area here, except that it's racism on display. It's racial profiling. You know, we've been in places like this countless times, sitting there waiting, not ordering anything, waiting for somebody else I'm going to have a meeting. Nobody ever calls the cops and said, you need to rest and get these guys out of here. They won't order anything. They need to go. Come on. Here's Randy in Orlando. Good morning, Randy. How are you?
6: Hey, good morning, bud. Uh, I do agree with you on the uh, racial profiling. I think that uh, definitely Starbucks was wrong there. but And they admit it. Quickly. Say that again and
0: they admit it and they've removed that manager and they're going to have uh training on this sort of thing for all of their managers they have no corporate policy you know on on how you run your store basically uh but they're going to try to unify unify that now and uh, and and make it standard practice that this kind of thing can't go on
6: yeah and like I said I do agree with it um there is a problem with the Starbucks though and some of the experiences that I've had and I and I hate to be a profiler but you know, a lot of these millennials in the afternoons or, or, or after school or whatever, they'll go into a Starbucks and they'll hang out for hours upon hours. Maybe one or two of them get something to drink and the other three, four or five. They're not doing anything except laying around on the tables. And what I've noticed, they don't clean up after themselves. It's like they're waiting for their mother or their grandmother or parents to come along. clean. They just get up and leave. You know, it's, it's a disgrace
0: see the way All right. they leave some of these these Okay, uh, that's, a li- that, that's a little bit out there from where we are in the focus here. I do want to bring in Mike from Orlando who's a police officer who wants to take the Bud man to task on something, I think. Good morning, Mike. Welcome aboard.
5: Morning, Bud. Normally I agree with you, but uh, you, you definitely missed part of the mark here. Go ahead. I agree Starbucks has has a, a, a problem there with their manager, or now their former manager, who who definitely um, there's no defense for his, his behavior. But when you were saying that the cops were wrong, they have no choice. They, it's private property. If somebody from the property calls you, you have to enforce the law. We enforce the law. We don't write the law. The police commissioner from Philadelphia, who is black,
0: right. defended his
5: officers. They have body cam video where they asked the gentleman three times to step up. We don't have a choice. If property representative asks us to clear that, that area, they have to clear them.
0: Well, wait a minute. Well, let, let me ask you, wouldn't you as a police officer say, say, you guys, you guys are sitting here and you're not ordering, uh, ordering anything, what, what's the deal? I'll say, hey, listen, we're just waiting for a friend who, by the way, did arrive just as they were being led away. Wouldn't you then go to the manager and say, you know, we really don't have a situation here where it makes any sense to arrest. Wouldn't you do that or would you just automatically just cuff them and haul them out of there? Wouldn't you? That's liter- I know, but that's literally what I just said. It wasn't automatic. And in my, I've, done, I've been in that
5: situation many times. I've, I've tried to negotiate with whoever the property rep's like, they're not bothering anybody, can't you just leave them alone? But at a certain point, no, I want them out. Then you go ask them one, two, three times to leave. You know, I'd, I'd be with them standing outside protesting all day long. Yeah. But at this point, I don't have a choice. You guys need to leave. And I've even told them, look, please don't make me do this. You guys are going to force this issue. You know, just step outside and protest. I'll be with you
0: out there. All right, interesting from a lawman's standpoint. Deb's going to join us here in the news in a moment, and if you'd like to weigh in, I'm sure she'd like to take a call or two, and we need to check that text line, which Yaffe will do in just a moment on the situation at that Starbucks. The colonial closure continues at I-4 in downtown Orlando and the accompanying uh, traffic nightmare, and uh, right now we don't see the end of it. Deb will update that important story, and surgeons remove a a headlighter. From a man's stomach after after twenty years. The story coming up for the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit Laura has the com. It's good morning, Orlando, at seven thirty. Then this um, Starbucks story, and my take on it, and I know yours is similar, uh, has ignited a lot of interest on the fifty thousand watt front porch. A lot of folks weighing in.
1: Yeah, including David from Orlando. Good morning, David.
6: Good morning. But um, yes I've experienced something very similar in my entire family actually we're African- American we moved here from Orlando um, a couple of years ago and my wife works at honor Palma hospital she's pretty pretty really high up in the, in the organization and her her co-worker who's the chief operating officer at the time invited us to a church in Windermere and we were running a little late and we got there and uh, two guys are standing in front of the church as we we're pushing our little— girl stroller and my little son's walking beside me and they just stood in front of the door and said can we help you and we said yeah we're, we're here to attend church and and uh they said can we help you so yes we were invited to a service here yeah I have, you're still having services yes but can we help you and uh, we just didn't know what to do i mean i know if we stayed there we probably have gotten arrested and my son just looked up at me like, "Daddy, we can't go to church today." And I was like, "Well, we have to go somewhere else, son." And this isn't—yeah, <laughs> this is this is in Orlando, you know. Yeah, and in, yeah, and,
0: in the, in the 21st century, and it's awful yeah. to hear a story like that. We can and go to
6: uh, Disney, to, you know, I have to go sure. to the nightclub. I can yeah. go anywhere in Orlando, and it's sad that churches still have this same issue that is not even discussed. in on both sides of the, you know, African American communities is predominantly African American. And the other communities, but predominantly, you know, there's not a lot of diversity here in Orlando. I'm just shocked by that. Being a veteran, and my wife being a veteran, and my son now, you know, is yeah. preparing to go off to the army. And there's
0: yeah, I, I I think that kind of thing is the exception rather than the rule. But there shouldn't even be room for the exception for people to behave right. that way. Do you understand where I'm coming from on that, Deb? Uh- I do, I do. Yes.
1: Thank I you, agree David. With you. Thank you. And thank you for your service, you and your family, David. Yeah, and and
0: before we move on to the I-4 situation at Colonial, quick check on the text line on the Starbucks story, Mike.
4: Uh, Yeah, I'm getting a lot of different texts coming in. I'll sum up some of the things I'm getting. Uh, Some people are saying we really shouldn't blame the cops, that the cops were kind of just doing their job. Right, right. And Mm -hmm. I don't think they wanted to do that. Um, Another person is also saying we shouldn't blame Starbucks. That it really wasn't Starbucks' fault, easy either. It it's was one. It's one manager. The manager. And that's and so, the point I made. And so yeah, and Starbucks has come out and apologized yeah. and everything else. We should
0: not be trying to shut down Starbucks and boycott the chain.
4: Yeah, because they agree with right. uh, the two men arrested that it was profiling. Absolutely. So. Yeah,
1: and that manager has since left the job. Right. It was a uh, mutual agreement, is yeah. how the company said. Yeah. Right. Although it is going to lead to further training for management, for the um, you know that bias that kind of. Right. I mean, the biggest... They call it unconscious bias. Unconscious bias. That's One of it.
4: the biggest things to me was the person they were meeting shows up and says, yes, they were meeting me. Right. This is ridiculous. That's when the whole thing should have just been like, oh, oh okay. okay. All right. And the manager should have said, oh, okay, I understand. And that should have been the end of it. But it wasn't, unfortunately.
0: Go take a look at the video on the website. You'll see what we're talking about here. If you don't buy into this as we see it, I think you will when you look at it at 1025wfla.com, keyword Budman. Traffic nightmare continuing longer than we had hoped. Downtown Orlando, Deb, let's get up to date.
1: And that's because a major downtown Orlando road remains closed this morning and will for the foreseeable future. Colonial Drive has been shut down at Garland Avenue near I-4 since Friday night. The Florida Department of Transportation says crews are installing a temporary support beam after cracks were discovered in a new I-4 bridge over Colonial. Eastbound Colonial traffic is being detoured south to eastbound Livingston Street and westbound traffic is being detoured south to westbound Robinson Street. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Of all the things you think you've never heard of someone swallowing before, doctors in China say they removed a lighter from a man's stomach after 20
0: years. Unbelievable story.
1: A video recorded at a hospital in Chengdu City shows a camera entering the man's stomach to find the metal lighter. The man told doctors he accidentally swallowed it 20 years ago, but he didn't feel like he needed to go to the doctor until recently when he started having stomach aches and other medical problems. 20 years? 20 years, Amazing. How do you swallow a lighter? I don't know. What's it doing in your mouth? I don't know. (laughs) I would think that the the fuels in it and everything would be enough to send you to the doctor sooner than 20 years. I think the butane would kill you if it ever leaked out. Doctors had to conduct two surgeries to remove the lighter. Oh, my goodness. But he's going to be all right. He's going to be all right. Don't do that again. And now he's got a story to tell. <laughs> we all need one of those. Yeah, we do. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. All right. We'll catch you a little later, Deb. Thank it, you very man. much.
0: And uh, porn star Stormy Daniels did make good in her promise to be in court uh, for the Michael Cohen hearing yesterday. I think just trying to intimidate him. Here she is ripping Cohen after emerging from the courtroom.
4: For years, Mr. Cohen has acted like he is above the law. He has considered himself and openly referred to himself as Mr. Trump's fixer. He's played by a different set of rules, or should we say no rules at all. He has never thought that the little man or especially women and even more women like me mattered. That ends now. My attorney and I are committed to making sure that everyone finds out the truth and the facts of what happened, and I give my word that we will not rest until that happens. Thank you
1: very much.
0: All right, and, and again, the Stormy Daniels thing is separate from what was going on—the uh, main event in the court yesterday—and that was the battle over um, the, the 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 documents that were seized by the FBI. It's a really bizarre situation here because you have Trump and his lawyer opposing Trump's own Justice Department. You know, the FBI is part of that, but that's within the executive branch. I don't know that we've ever seen anything like that, but there's a lot that's come down um, in the course of the last year or two that we haven't seen before. I don't know where it's going. Worst case scenario, this could be a real problem for the president if they, um, if the feds get to the point where it looks like they're going to be able to send Michael Cohen, who's a family man, away for years to prison He may flip on the president whom he has defended to the nth degree for so many years in so many ways. And they've had a great relationship and he's been incredibly loyal to Donald Trump. He just might, because he, you know, to save prison time or whatever, flip. And who knows what he might have there that he would then cough up. So that's a worst case scenario. I don't at all know it's going to go that way. All of this might not amount to much. But one thing that came out yesterday was really, really interesting and unexpected. Michael Cohen only has three clients. One of them is Donald Trump. One of them, it turns out, is Fox News host Sean Hannity. Now, Hannity said in response, he's never actually retained Cohen uh, for any legal matter. He hasn't paid him legal fees. He's a friend of his. He sometimes seeks his legal advice. A lot of real estate advice because Cohen knows about these things. My problem as I expressed it earlier in the show is when you're in the obi- in the business of opinion talk radio and opinion television which which Hannity is big time and vastly successful at both you got to be in the game of full disclosure. He has defended the president, he has defended Cohen against this outrageous search and seizure. By the feds, and I've defended Cohen on that basis. I think it was outrageous the way they did what they did to him. But we needed to know that he does have a relationship, personal and professional, with Michael Cohen. You go the full disclosure route when you play this game, and Hannity did not do that. And that should be journalism 101. A lot of you got angry with me on that, but that's the truth. That's what should be done. And even at my level, I understand that. And I cannot even begin to count the number of times over the years when I have said to you from this microphone, and full disclosure, I have no relationship with this particular person I'm praising or this entity, or I do have a relationship and here's what it is. That's all you need to do and put it out there. And I think Hannity should have done that. The specifics of his legal business would not be anybody's business, but it needs to be out there, full disclosure, just to keep your nose clean and your credibility, which is really all we have in this game. Because if you don't believe that we're shooting straight with you, you will find somebody else who does. And we can't have that, can we? Good morning, Orlando, at 7.57. As we continue from the front gate Realty Studio, visit com. Um... Really hot topic on the 50,000-watt front porch at the top of this past hour was this fiasco at a Starbucks up in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area where two black guys that were doing nothing but waiting for another friend. Um, the manager called the cops and said these guys refuse to order anything. Uh, they won't leave. And um, and they got cops, arrested them, took them away, and held them for nine hours. It's ridiculous. It was racial profiling, and we got into it big time. Interesting sidelight on this Those two guys were waiting for a friend with a very familiar name, right, Mike?
4: Yeah, actually, the the guy's name is Andrew Yaffe. (laughs) And And,
0: and that's your brother's name.
4: Yeah, it's a funny story. Over the weekend, uh, I was at my parents' house, and we had the news in the background, and all of a sudden, we hear that. They were meeting Andrew Yaffe. (laughs) <laughs> my parents and I looked at the, what? like, what? And no, it's not my brother. And they actually spell Yaffe with one E instead of two E. So Y-A-F-F-E, where I spell it Y-A-F-F-E-E.
0: Isn't that crazy? So, it's an unusual name. And to have that <laughs> be a part of such a prominent story. Interesting. Crazy.
4: Yeah. So there's other Yaffes out there. Yeah. Just so everyone knows. Right.
0: Yep. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock as we bring you the very latest update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic right here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the colonial closure continues, and kids sue the Sunshine State over climate change. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: And is the new Orange County school ban on political expression? Really a Trump fan? Next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: And good Tuesday morning it's 803 on News Radio 1025. A busy roadway in downtown Orlando is still shut down for I-4 ultimate bridge repairs. Florida transportation officials closed Colonial Drive at I-4 to install a temporary fix to cracks found in the bridge. The bridge is structurally sound, but F DOT determined it wants to install a temporary fix to relieve some of the weight from the bridge. Meanwhile, drivers should plan a little extra commute time to take the detours. As drivers approach the intersection, they'll again notice police officers stationed at different points to help drivers out. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. There are reports President Trump is hitting the brakes on plans to impose new sanctions on Russia. The Washington Post reports Trump is uncomfortable moving on new sanctions right now. America's U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley said Sunday new sanctions would be imposed soon. The sanctions would be a follow-up to the U.S.-led airstrikes in Syria. The airstrikes were a response to the deadly chemical weapons attacks in Syria. The U.S. blames Syrian President Bashar al-Assad and has accused Russia of enabling Assad's regime. Out West, fire crews are working hard to contain wildfires burning in western Oklahoma. The fires started late last week and have scorched hundreds of thousands of acres. Unfortunately, two people died and more than 30 homes were destroyed. The Oklahoma Governor's Office has extended a burn ban to 36 counties. Low humidity, warm temperatures, and strong winds are expected to increase the risk for wildfires today. A nationwide search for a killer grandmother is still underway. Authorities say 56-year-old Lois Reese is wanted for murder in two states. Reese is wanted in Minnesota for allegedly killing her husband, and in Fort Myers, where she's accused of befriending a woman and killing her to steal her identity.
2: Further investigation revealed that Ms. Hutchinson was targeted by the suspect due to the similarities in their appearance.
1: Lee County Sheriff and investigators say surveillance video from the condo of 59-year-old Pamela Hutchinson shows Reese stealing Hutchinson's credit card, driver's license, and car after killing her. The stolen vehicle was later spotted in Louisiana and Texas. Police are considering Reese to be armed and dangerous. She was last seen in the Corpus Christi, Texas area. Back here in the Sunshine State, after the Parkland shooting, students from Stoneman Douglas High School forced Florida's politicians to do something about guns in schools. Now another group of kids is demanding action, and the subject is climate change. Oscar Sykes is one of eight children suing the state, the governor, and the Public Service Commission for failing to protect the environment and making global warming worse. Young people
4: all around the world are holding their governments accountable, and so this is both a movement movement, that is
0: going to continue rising in Florida, in the nation, and around the world.
1: The kids claim state officials have a legal and moral obligation to protect future generations, future generations, that is, from global warming. The governor calls it, uh, quote, political theater, end quote. And finally, the launch of a NASA satellite from Cape Canaveral Air Force Station is postponed for 48 hours. It was scheduled for last night, but according to a tweet from SpaceX, it was scrubbed for additional analysis. The satellite is designed to search out planets orbiting other stars that might support life as we know it. Liftoff of the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket with the TESS satellite is now set for tomorrow evening at 6.51 p.m. Eastern Time. Looking forward to it already, Deb. Yeah, with that 30-second launch window, but no pressure. (laughs) <laughs> WFLA News Time. It's 8.07. Read about Dick Sporting Goods will destroy unsold assault-style rifles at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So the Orange County um, school system has come out with a new policy about political expression in the classroom, I smell an anti-Trump rat here. In a moment, tell me if you smell it, too. It's coming up right after we give you a shot at winning your share of 880000 bucks in cash in our fabulous ongoing Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. Just listen for the new key word of the hour. It's coming right up. Then text that word to 200 Yes, just like a recent winner up in Volusia County, you could win our $1,000 prize. It's coming up right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. And that will do here for you in only two minutes on News Radio 1025, WFLA. You got to throw the book at these kids to deter that kind of outrageous behavior. And I'm glad they did in this case out in Cocoa. And I'm also glad, obviously, this goes without saying, I guess, but we'll say it anyway that the whole thing was a false alarm. Um, This is interesting. And tell me if I'm paranoid or not paranoid enough. I always have my antenna up, okay, for the liberal educational establishment and for anybody who is trying to mask their opposition and antipathy for President Donald Trump. By coming up with an anti-Trump policy but calling it something else. I suspect that's what's going on here. I would never get anyone to admit to it, but let me share what is reported by the Orlando Sentinel Education reporter Leslie Postal. It is a change just this week, mandated by the Orange County School Board, apparently on a unanimous vote, that changes the policy for political activities of staff members, teachers, and other school employees. It bans now what they call passive political expressions. What are passive political expressions? Oh, those that might be conveyed by lapel pins, campaign buttons, red Make America Great baseball hats like Stephanie wears every chance she can get. Um... They have always had, or for, or long had, not only in Orange County, but in other school systems, almost without exception, a ban on staff members taking part in any political activities while they are on the job at school or using their positions with the school district to aid political causes. I am totally in favor of that. I think it is totally appropriate. There's no place for that in our schools. We're supposed to be teaching our kids. Almost every school district within the sound of my voice has a policy like that, but nobody now prohibits what Orange County has just prohibited as far as the Sentinel report is concerned. So they are claiming in putting this policy through that there were problems during the 2016 election. Somewhere within Orange County schools, school leaders are claiming, um, and I suppose that would be, people who were angry when they saw somebody wearing Trump paraphernalia, a Trump shirt, a Trump hat, or whatever it might happen to be. But I'm not aware, as we cover the news here, of any of those problems having cropped up during a campaign in Orange County. Maybe my memory is suddenly defective, but I think not. Recently, it is reported that some teachers at one Orange County high school unnamed had sparked acrimony by wearing hats... From President Trump's campaign. That would be the Make America Great Again hats, okay? And that somebody got all apoplectic about that, and that really drove the move toward this new policy of banning passive political expression by staff members, teachers, and others within the public schools of Orange County. One teacher at University High School uh, spoke out against the policy change, telling board members that she feared it was unconstitutionally vague, could allow administrators to target teachers whose views they don't like. And I think there's potential for that. I also really do suspect, knowing how the, the educational hierarchy at almost every level in this country leans to the left, not everybody but collectively, I cannot imagine a change in this policy in Orange County schools during the Obama administration if people were wearing those that Obama O symbol on a shirt or on a hat or as a lapel pin. I can't imagine anybody would take action to ban that under the Obama regime because his politics align with those of most of the educational decision makers. Trump's do not, and he grates on them. I think this is more than anything a ban on anything Trump within Orange County schools. I think that's why they made the change. They would all to a person deny it. Do, I, do you suspect the same thing? Man, that's nasty. Do you smell that, rat? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. I can't prove it, but I suspect it, and I believe it. I wonder if I'm the Lone Ranger. The word has come down from the Orange County School Board to all teachers and other employees... They've revised their political activities of staff policy, now banning passive political expressions, campaign buttons, clothing, saying, you know, the name of a candidate or whatever, lapel pins, etc. And um, there will be severe penalties for those who do not comply. I can tell you in the Sentinel article on this... Uh, Wendy Dormall, who is the president of the Orange County Classroom Teachers Association, echoes some of my concerns here, saying, we as teachers don't like the vagueness of this policy. I mean, what is a political expression, she asks. It doesn't say who's going to decide what's allowed or not allowed. Nobody else in the Sentinel article is expressing the anti-Trump bias that I suspect. But um, they do have concerns. And let's go to the phones Linda, you were first to hit the 50,000-watt front porch when I talked about this a few moments ago. Good morning, Linda from Zellwood.
6: Good morning, Bud. I just wanted to bring up a different, well, a little different situation. My granddaughter is in Zellwood Elementary, and I take her lunch uh, every day. And, they, you know, during Black History Month, they had all the pictures of, you know, these <clears throat> black, prominent black leaders the years and uh, but they didn't have like a picture of, of Clarence Thomas or Condoleezza Rice and so I asked one of the administrators about it and she said well we don't want to get political and I said well you already did it.
0: But, <laughs> it's not political know, not, from their left-wing right. perspective to showcase the left it would only be if they were to showcase conservative blacks.
6: Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it shut okay. her down. <laughs> it
0: did. Very interesting. Do you suspect an any Trump bias in initiating this policy in Orange County schools now?
6: Are you kidding?
0: <laughs> the answer would be yes. Thank you. However, Bill says the Budman's a little off the rails. I think here. Good morning from Wakiva Springs. Bill, go ahead.
3: Oh, now, Bud, I, I wouldn't go that far. Oh, it says here
0: you're a little paranoid. That's what Steph put on the screen.
3: Right. A little paranoid is a lot different than off the rails. Okay, Okay, good, good. At at least in my book. All right. Here's the deal. You know, I I always give people the benefit of the doubt before I make a snap judgment. I kind of watch to see what they do. Now, granted, I will grant you that they are a little biased, okay, yeah. Uh this is a very divisive uh, period in our in our country's history mm-hmm. you know Trump is a very divisive figure and he he intends to do so I think in, in some cases however, Oh, I think so however
0: go ahead quickly
3: I think I think the uh, the, the, the the people are trying to create a distraction-free environment for the uh, express purpose of what they're intended to do and the proof will be in the pudding the next cycle
0: We'll see. All right. Thank you, Bill, very much. I still don't think they ever would have done anything like this during the Obama regime, which I found to be very contentious and divisive in its own way, because they wouldn't have had a problem with promoting Obama. Text line, Yaffe?
4: Well, someone on the text line disagrees with you, Bud, says one of my students in an Orange County high school was sent home a few years ago for wearing a Yes We Can shirt.
0: No kidding. That would be an Obama shirt. Yeah. Interesting. But
4: yeah. Uh, a lot of people agree with you. They smell that smelly liberal rat you're talking about. One person says, Orange County is worried about passive political expression. Maybe they should take politics out of their curriculum. Says Orlando is descending into a cauldron of liberal filth. Wow. Cauldron of liberal
0: filth, bud. I'm going to mark that down <laughs> and steal it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that just rolls yeah. off the tongue. All right. Deb, yeah, we thought that this... Um Traffic nightmare would be behind us by this morning <laughs> with the closure of State Road 50, a.k.a. Colonial Drive, at I-4 in downtown Orlando. Not so. What's the latest? No,
1: in fact, Bud, that major downtown Orlando road will remain closed throughout this morning, hopefully reopening for the evening commute, but there's no word on that yet. The word from the Florida Department of Transportation regarding Colonial Drive, which has been shut down at Garland Ave near I-4 since the weekend, is to allow crews to install a temporary support beam, and a new I-4 bridge over Colonial. That's because cracks were discovered in the bridge, which is part of the I-4 Ultimate Improvement Project. Now, in the next few weeks, FDOT will work to design a more permanent fix to install, but Steve Olson, a Florida Department of Transportation spokesman, warns that that installation will uh, require shutting down Colonial Drive at this interchange once again. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. As more and more devices from your thermostat to your refrigerator are connected to the internet, but a growing number of hackers are starting to exploit them to gain access to secure networks.
0: How are they doing that?
1: Well, hackers showed how easy it was during a recent hack at a casino. Hackers managed to break into the casino's secure network using a thermometer inside a fish tank. Oh, ho, ho. Once they had access to the network, they were able to find and steal all the information about the high rollers stored in the casino's database. Man, I'll tell you, no information is safe. Nope. The problem is that many of these new devices are basic and they lack advanced security features, making them easy targets for hackers. Uh, Robert Hannigan, the former head of the British intelligence agency, Government Communications Headquarters, warned that this is going to, quote, be an increasing problem, end quote, and cited a bank that was hacked through its security cameras. He called on new regulations to ensure that all devices, even innocuous ones like your thermostat or your toaster, are secure from hackers.
0: Never had even thought that they were vulnerable to hackers. Yeah. That's really disconcerting. Yaffe, yeah, are we ever going to get a handle on this stuff? I mean, every time you turn around, it's something new.
4: Well, it's interesting. It really is going to be a problem because more and more of our devices are turning into smart
1: devices. Right.
4: So that means they can be hacked. So that fridge, to the internet. yeah,
1: that fridge that tells you you're you're almost out of milk and need eggs
4: mm-hmm.
1: for the convenience. You also run the risk of having an unsecured network and hackers being able to, you know, get into your system simply by hacking your fridge.
0: So that old fridge that lets your milk go bad and everything else. Keep it. Yeah, that's safer. (laughs) Keep it. (laughs) It's
1: not going to be telling anyone your secrets. My goodness. Well, from the bad side of technology, bud, we go to the good side. Let's have it. Is your only reason for being on social networks to read up on the latest pet gossip? Yes. That would be true in your case.
4: It's like my main
1: reason. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Are you constantly checking out animal spotting Facebook pages? Say with me, Mike. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. look no further. For the social media network that is perfect for you, it's called PetsBee, an Instagram-style platform with a strict, no-humans-allowed policy. Even their CEO is a Brussels Griffon named Angus. That's a dog, right? Yes. Okay. Your
4: feed. I would have had no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> thank you. I and
1: mean, then she
2: just,
4: you the dog know, people are like,
1: just oh throw yeah, that out there. The Brussels Griffon. Oh yeah, those are cute <laughs> with their little beards. You know, they're really cute. You know,
0: I'm I'm good through Beagle and Cocker Spaniel, but what was the name of that thing? A Brussels Griffon. Okay, thank you very much. I'm getting an education here. I'm sorry.
1: Not at all. Your feed on Petsby is flooded with cat and dog photos where you don't follow or like, but rather sniff and lick. Oh jeez. However, (laughs) I am saying, please do not lick your cell phone. Most health experts say it is the dirtiest thing you probably have on your body. Oh, yeah, yeah. Germ city. And if you don't, and you don't just post pictures of your pet, bud, but you adopt the voice of your pet, posting comments as if you were literally a cat or a dog. Folks are out there,
0: I'm telling you, because a lot of people are going to be into this. Yes. How do you spell it? It's pets? Pets.
1: It's P-E-T-Z-B-E. That's it. So look up PetsBee, both for uh, Android and Apple. PetsBee.com? PetsBee. Well, you can go to the App Store. Gotcha. Go to your particular App Store and get PetsBee. It also runs uh, user challenges to raise money for animal rescue centers. So it does good along with... Giving you a break from the other social media platforms.
4: Yeah, I feel like there's not going to be as many political debates on Petsby. No. There's yeah. going to
1: be news that Rufus is a dad. <laughs> yeah. I Marnie, like that went, better. Marnie went tinky poo-poo. There's <laughs> going to be stuff like that on Petsby. You're not going to be bothered with the other tinky poo-poo that's running around on the yeah, internet. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but if you know if somebody you know if Rufus raises his left leg more than his right, we'll be
1: right back to politics. Ex-
4: oh <laughs>
1: You know, oh. you know we will
4: cats rule dogs kind yeah, of thing yeah exactly
1: <laughs> cats have uh employees dogs have friends fun stuff deb <laughs> time for the once a day sound
0: judgment game and one of the most valuable prizes we have ever offered steph let's talk about it
3: that's right bud our sound judgment today is a 260 dollar value and if you're our winner you're going to the international christian film and music festival on us it's coming up may 1st through the 5th at the fabulous Wyndham orlando resort Today's winner gets a family four-pack of producer tickets that give you access to movies, seminars, private screenings, special musical presentations, and award ceremonies. Among the highlights, you'll meet top Christian artists, see Kirk Cameron, honored with a Lifetime Achievement Award, attend a special screening of God's Not Dead, A Light in the Darkness, and be able to select from more than 150 Christian films, many of them world premieres. For more information, go to internationalchristianfilmfestival.com.
0: Here we go, gang. If you're getting a busy signal, wait for an open line on a wrong answer and dial in quick at 407-916-5400. You've heard the news we brought you about former First Lady Barbara Bush that at age 92 her health is failing and she has elected to take no more medical treatment. Barbara and George H.W. Bush have been married longer than any other presidential couple in history. Not long ago, Barbara Bush was asked what has kept their love alive for so many years. I want you to listen closely to her remarkable response and then use your sound judgment to tell me this. How many years have the Bushes been married? Humor and the fact he is, as Jeb says, the world's greatest man. I fell in love with him practically at first sight, probably went home and told my mother about him she was, should have been the head of the cia she knew everything about him the next morning but, but he's just a I, he's a very giving he's never once said no to me barbara bush with a tribute to her husband george h w bush how many years have they been married is our sound judgment question line 1 what's the answer order 2 say it no no Much more. 407-916-5400. Line two, how many years have they been married? Line two, you're up.
3: Yes, yes, 70 years.
0: No, it's even more than 70. Do you believe that? Not many couples make it to 70 and beyond, but the Bushes have. Line three, how many years have they been married? 73. Say it again. Yes, that's it, 73. You nailed it. Congratulations. You've got those special tickets to the Christian Film and Music Festival, worth more than $250. I hope you're excited. Oh, I am. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. And congratulations. Nice going. What's your first name, please? Uh, John. John, where are you calling us from this morning? Uh, Lake Mary. Good deal. Is that J-O-H-N? It is. All right, my friend. Enjoy the prize and your off-air conversation with Stephanie to make it all happen. Okay, my friend? All right, don't go away. I'm going to put you on hold. 73 years for Barbara and George H.W. Bush. Wow. I love that tribute to her. In a moment, um, closing thoughts on a story that really rankled me when I found out what this Florida Constitution Revision Commission was about to do to voters across this state. If you missed it, I'll share it with you in short form in just a moment. Boy, we've had so many hot topics that we've kicked around here on the 50,000-watt front porch since we hit the air at 6 o'clock this morning. Here was one in our 6 o'clock hour that really sticks in my craw. Every 20 years, we have the Florida Constitution Revision Commission getting together... Prominent citizens from one end of this state to the other in all walks of life. In this case, a panel of 37 members. And deciding which constitutional amendments get to appear on the ballot in November for your consideration. 60% approval is required now in Florida for amendments to be approved. Okay? And... um. One of the things that they continue to engage in, and they did it again this time around when they revealed all of these constitutional amendments you'll get to vote on uh, in November, is bundling or grouping. And for reasons that escape me, they'll put together maybe three different constitutional amendments in one. So if there's something on there you'd really like to see happen in the state of Florida, you really want that, in order to get it, You also will have to vote for two other measures you either don't care about or really hate. And I just think that's a heck of a way to run the government in the state of Florida. And I don't think there's any way to deny it. Here's one opportunity here. Just one example of what we'll face this coming fall. You'll have a chance to vote to ban offshore drilling, okay? But in order to do so, you'll have to also vote to ban vaping in indoor workplaces. There's another one here. You could vote for a proposed amendment that would place eight-year term limits on school board members. I'd be for that. Require K-12 schools to teach and promote civic literacy. We desperately need that curriculum. I would be em- emphatically for that. But then, if you vote for that, you also wind up taking control of charter schools away from local school boards, and I would be totally opposed to that. It puts voters in an impossible position. And it's outrageous that this is being done to we, the people. It really is. Do you understand what I'm saying, Yaffe?
4: Vote no on all of them. That is what I say.
0: Everything. Never met an amendment you like. Not one single one.
4: Not recently, no. Really? Yeah. Vote no on all of
0: them. A lot of these should never be constitutional amendments. They should be decided legislatively, I grant you. I'm a little bit more open to something that the legislature won't do for whatever reason or another. Or the governor doesn't want to get done that the people know is best and I've voted for some amendments over time. I when don't they, see
4: anything on this list that qualifies. No, I don't on this then. list.
0: No. But who are these people? I asked Stephanie and she did a great piece of research here on the 37 members of the Florida Constitution Revision Commission. I'm not going to name names because you won't recognize many of them, but it's interesting. I said they're supposed to be among the brightest and the best. I don't know, but they are people who have achieved a great deal. Um, there are real estate developers and CEOs, there are doctors, there are lawyers, There are, um, there's a cattle baron, a citrus baron. There's a commissioner of education for the whole state of Florida is on this commission. You'll find Republican and Democrat state lawmakers from the House, from the Senate. And it's amazing how they can put up with this outrage and what they are doing to Florida voters. I don't understand this. This policy in the future needs to be changed. This this revision commission, fortunately, only meets every 20 years, but they do plenty of damage when they get together. What an outrageous way to run a government, huh? Here in good old Florida, but we love it. And we'll see you tomorrow morning. For Deb and for Yaffe and for Steph, the Bud Man here, have a great Tuesday. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you and God bless America.